Hey dreamers, welcome to the Dream Planning Podcast. If you've been led here, I believe it was on purpose. You are created and loved by God and your life is full of purpose. If you've been sitting in a season of searching or unfulfillment and you're ready to change your life and hear from God, this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Polly Payne, the CEO and founder of Horatio Printing, and I'm here to lead you in tactical, practical, faith-led trainings to help make your God-sized dreams a reality in your life and your business. Your dreams matter because you matter. So open up your planner, pour a cup of coffee, and let's dream together. All right, I'm so excited. Today I have Megan Smalley, who is an author. She is also the founder of Scarlet and Gold. And I am just so thrilled for you guys to get to meet her. As I've said to you before, and I've said, I'll say it again, if you want to pursue a big dream in your life, it's so crucial to get around people who have done it, who have pursued a dream and to ask them questions. So you get to sit with me today as I talk to Megan because she has dreamed so many big dreams and she has really seen them come to fruition. So welcome, Megan. Thanks, Polly. I'm so excited to talk about all things dreaming. It is a huge passion of mine. So let's do this. So, okay. We met a while back and we've actually partnered together in some ways. I helped you through a season when you were pregnant with your twins. It was, it was like Surviving the twin life. Yeah. And so I got to get really familiar with your business and we both went to Auburn, War Eagle. War Eagle. All the Auburn folks. Um, So obviously I love your products, um, but she serves all sorts of different, not just Auburn people, of course, but she has all sorts of amazing products over at Scarlet and Gold and a newly launched book, Give Grace. So tell the audience a little bit about who Megan is in your heart. So I am a pastor's kid, a coach's wife, a small business owner, a new author, and a mom to three miracle babies. And I have just through the good and the hard in my life have become passionate about overcoming hard things. And I think dreams is one of those. Like I am a very visual big dreamer, like visionary type. And I have learned it's one thing to have dreams in your head. And it's another thing to actually get them out of your head and take steps to bring them and make them a reality, bring them to life. And not everyone can do that. And so I think it's really important to dream big, but then also be able to take those dreams and break them down into actual steps so that you can make them a reality. And I, I have done that not on my own. So I have a fabulous team behind me and beside me and I could not do this without them. But I think that's something that I've become passionate about over the years, like taking the things that are in my heart and making them a reality, like writing a book, like starting a business. I also run an infertility ministry. That's been a passion project of mine. So just like, like allowing God to speak and move in my heart and call me down these paths and then figure out, okay, how the heck am I going to make this happen? (laughs) Um, Because I also work part time. I have, I, it's really important to me to be able to make space in my day to work because I believe that the work I do matters, 
but then also to turn it off and be mom. So in the afternoons, I'm mom and that matters to me too. So juggling it all is is a challenge. So yeah, that's kind of who I am wrapped up in a nutshell. That's so beautiful. Um, and yes, obviously we share the same passion of dreaming. And I think as small business owners, we know that it looks so beautiful and glamorous and put together on the outside. And then inside it can be just, we can be messy, you know, small yes. business pivots and changes. Um, it's messy. Uh, you and I are currently uh, getting some products and it's stuck in customs and all kinds <laughs> of stuff right now. We're in the middle of a mess right now. Totally. Um, so tell me, take me back to the conception of Scarlet and Gold um, and like where that dream came from and how you got started with your boutique. Yeah. So I was in full-time ph- pharmaceutical sales. I've, so I've always been creative in my head, mm-hmm. but it's, I've really struggled even like seven and a half years into my business, being able to explain what I do and what my gifts are, um, and how I'm creative, but I'm creative in my head, not in the sense of like, okay, I'm a graphic designer or, oh, I'm a photographer. I'm an artist. Like I, I can't really execute the things in my head. That's where I need my team to bring to life the things that I dream. But, um, so this is hope for you. If you find yourself in that space of like, I have dreams, but I can't do it to the best of how it could be done myself. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so I was in full-time pharmaceutical sales, um, but wanted a creative outlet. And so I started this business on the side. We sold art prints originally only. And that's all, that's all I ever thought it would be was just this creative outlet. And God had different plans. I was three months in, I was laid off from my pharmaceutical job and then, um, decided to just try to give this a shot. I was during my time of severance, I was looking for other jobs and also trying to grow the business. And we partnered, ended up partnering with an ex bachelor person back when like influencers were not a thing. And it really helped take our business to the next level. And so I've been doing this full time for seven years and we've been, we've had our highs and our lows and been all over the map. And I think in business and really in any type of executing your dreams, recognizing that you're going to fail. And I mean, even when we first worked together, like I was a hot mess. Like I had newborn twins and I didn't know what day it was or what way was up. And I was, I had never been so exhausted in my life. And I felt like I was failing at all the things. And I was like, and I, I think just being able to own that and say like, I, I, I am not doing this well. And then shifting like, okay, what, what can I do differently? Um, and what can I put, what systems and processes and who can I bring on my team to fill the gaps? Like I'm not a detail person. I am not a numbers person. And I, my brain doesn't think that way. And so I have now like put things in place to help me how I say, like, keep my life together. Um, I brought people in, pl- in, in place that can do that so that I can do what I do really well. So um, I think just being humble enough to know you're never going to always do it perfectly. You're going to mess up and you're going to fail, 
but you can learn from those mistakes and get back up. And I think it's in the getting back up and taking that next step where you get better and you grow and you make better decisions. And I mean, we're in a much different place now than we were three years ago. Um, so true. But yeah, so you, we're never going to know all the things or do it all right. Uh, but I think the most important thing is that we're humble enough to learn and recognize our mistakes and grow from them. That's so good. I think like you were just saying, it's so important to know yourself, right? This is my strength. This is what lights me up. And also this is what I'm good at. And I think you are very, you are very creative. And oftentimes we think creativity means you're good at drawing or painting, writing music or something. When your human nature, you are designed to think and to dream and to create. That's what humans have been doing for so long. And that's part of our nature because we are created in the image of the creator who is so imaginative and creative and you weren't supposed to do it alone. We all think, Oh, we get these visions of these super entrepreneur moms, you know, that do it all, you know? And it's like, that's so unrealistic. And if we try to do that, we're just going to burn out. And we've both probably been there. Yes. And there's this great quote from um, Dawn Cherie. She was saying how living the dream is different than dreaming the dream. Yes, totally. Your dream of running a perfect business or, you know, this beautiful, glamorous business with lots of followers and engagement or whatever your, you know, dream of. And then you get there and you're like, this doesn't feel like living the dream right now. Yes. You know? And so I think just having those realistic, um, realistic visions of what it, what it is and the importance of dropping perfectionism right? I think messy action forward and letting go of that perfectionism is so crucial, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would say like that struggle for perfectionism is not something that I deeply struggle over. Like I do want things to be done well and I desire for it to be done well. Um, but I'm, thankful that that is not something that I wrestle with, but I also feel like I can be more impulsive. Like Coral that I work with at Scarlet and Gold, she's our creative director. She really wrestles with perfectionism. And we always tell people like I'm the gas and she is the brakes. And so like if, if we were going into a launch and it was, or it was just Coral, like she would never get anything launched because nothing was ever perfect. But then on, for me, like I would launch things too quick and too soon and it wouldn't be done well or, or as best, as good as it could be. And so that's why we're so good for each other. And, and I think just surrounding yourself, even if it's not somebody that you're paying or somebody on your team, but just like having, developing a counsel a system of counsel like that you can run things through that balance out your strengths and weaknesses but it's so helpful but I think that goes back to the point that you made you have to first know your strengths and weaknesses and be very self-aware to be able to put the right people in place to support where you need support so true and one of the things um, I remember when we were first working together you were sharing with me about your brick and mortar space, right? Um, which to me, that's always, and I think to a lot of uh, 
aspiring business owners, they think business, oh, this space, like this building, this coffee shop, this boutique, this whatever. And they picture a store. Um, And there is something so beautiful about having a tangible space. So tell me a little bit about that pivot. And like, if someone's like, I want to open a a store, like, do you have advice in that space? (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) I mean, No, I mean, I'm really glad I did it and I learned a lot Mm -hmm. and it was, it was a really good fit for that season of my life. That was when I was in the thick of my infertility journey and I was available to put in the hours because having a physical space definitely demands a whole nother level of commitment. And then you have like the whole having to staff a storefront, which to me is the biggest challenge. And like where I'm at in my season of life now with three kids, three and a half and under, there's just no way because college kids, unfortunately are, you know, by and large, not always reliable. Um, and when some, when a teammate bails on their, um, store working hours, it's on you to cover for them ultimately Mm -hmm. as the business owner. And I can't, I'm not in a place in my life where I can drop everything and go work the store for a few hours because I have three boys and honestly taking them to a storefront sounds like pure torture for me because they would destroy the place. Um, They're just three wild boys. And so I would say like, my biggest advice, especially if you're starting out is to figure out a way to start out with your overhead being as low as possible. Because when you start out with a storefront, you're immediately going to have this intense overhead expense. And that provides so much stress because you have to meet X, Y, or Z in sales goals just to break even. And that's not really a fun way to start a business off with this like major stress and high overhead that you have to meet. And, and there are certain businesses that you can't do without an overhead in a storefront. Um, but we made the pivot probably through, well, it was when I was seven months pregnant with my twins, um, to go online only. And it was the best decision for me and my family and still is the best decision for me and my family. And I'm not saying that a storefront is a bad idea forever and for everyone, but I think it just kind of depends on what your capacity is and, um, yeah, what, I mean, what your availability is to give it as far as your work hours. But it was, it was a really fun season of my life, but it was also really challenging and hard um, in a lot of different ways and just feeling that need to be open and present. It, it took its toll on me for sure. So I will say yes, like it sounds a lot more glamorous in your head, but the actual reality of owning a storefront is, is really challenging. Yeah. I feel like sometimes you think, I just want to like, look the part, you know, like this is what you should have. And we think like, okay, if I have a business, I need a fancy office, I need a store, I need all these things. Um, when you really don't, you know, like totally. that's why it's important to go and say like, what do I really need for this? Because yes. like Megan was saying, when you have all this crazy overhead 
Um, you know, and a lot of people think, oh, I've got to go get funding. I've got to go get massive amounts of debt to start a business. No, 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 no. Like do as much as, as you can to, to grow uh, humbly and, and, and faithfully and biblically because the more debt you're in and the more overhead and stress, your creativity will be stifled. You will be totally and you will be unable to create and to enjoy uh, the journey of entrepreneurship, which it has its own challenges anyway. And, and I bet you really appreciated and started to love um, the e-commerce space even more. You were like, oh, this is so nice, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I would totally agree with all of that. I mean, we started out of my house, my 1900 square foot house and stayed there for three years before we ever had a storefront. And now we're back in my house, but we don't even fulfill our product from here. We print on demand for the most part. And I now, for the first time in seven and a half years, have an office space in my house, but I never did before this fall. And so you truly can do so much with very little. Mm-hmm. That's good. So take us a little into your journey um, with infertility. I know you've you've been such an open book and you've been such a blessing to so many women on this journey that felt alone. Um, and you've had some losses there, uh, as you've gone through, um, procedures and you've had some real miracles. So tell us a little bit, um, about your, your journey and also your heart for other women in this space. Yeah. So, I mean, I think my whole life I had this dream of being a mother, um, just thought it was always something that would happen in my life. And it just kind of comes back to when you have a dream or a desire, um, and then it's not happening like you envisioned, it's really hard. And I mean, whatever that is for you, I mean, it may not be having a baby right now, but maybe it's starting a business or getting into college or, um, finding the right career or getting married. I mean, whatever you, and we all have dreams and desires for our life and sometimes they come easy and sometimes they don't. And sometimes they happen as they should. And sometimes they don't. And I found myself in the middle of just a really hard season when this was something Blake and I desired and, and had a dream for our life to have kids and it wasn't working how it was supposed to work. And I think you have a choice in that moment. Um, you can either let your circumstances overcome you or you can be proactive and take the steps to overcome your circumstances. And that doesn't mean the answer will always be yes. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I think in the middle of the storm, whatever that is, you can take steps to overcome the things that you're feeling and be proactive to chase after those things that you desire. Um, so for me, like I really wanted a family. And so we pursued um, IVF. It was, we were told after going through all the testing, you know, it wasn't working like it's supposed to. And so we pursued testing and we were told that something is wrong and this is not working like it should. And here are your options. And so we needed medical intervention 
to have a child. And so we pursued that through IVF and the first time it didn't work. We paid $15,000 out of pocket and were left brokenhearted and completely empty physically and emotionally and spiritually and all the things. Um, it was one of the hardest seasons of my life. And so from there, again, I found myself in this moment of having to pick myself up off the floor and just crying out to God, like, why, why is this our story? I, my mom had no trouble getting pregnant. My sister had no trouble. Like, why are we finding ourselves here with this story? Like, this is not the story and this is not the dream that I had for my life. Um, and so just through a lot of prayer and healing and grieving, we started to put the pieces back together of our hearts and put a plan in place for what's next. And my coral who works with me um, and my team put together a, camp, a fundraising campaign for us to go through IVF again because it's not cheap. And we also changed doctors and went to a world-renowned clinic and doctor in, in Colorado. Um, we went to see Dr. Schoolcraft at CCRM in Lone Tree, Colorado. And um, we're just given this incredible opportunity to try one more time. And so we did two years later and got six embryos from one round of IVF and now have three beautiful boys <laughs> from that one round um, of IVF. And so they are just my constant reminder that even in the middle of the hard days in motherhood, that God's plan is best. And if I had things my way, my kids would look different and I wouldn't have these boys, these precious boys who love their mom so much. I mean, when I found out I was having boys, I was a little overwhelmed. Um, <laughs> and so many people just told me boys love their moms so much. And it is so true. Um, so yeah, I think just through that hard season, God has given me a passion for loving on women in that space who have this same dream of, I want a family and I don't know how to get there because it's not working how it's supposed to. And that's just what my heart beats for is to come meet those women in that hard space and help them overcome those obstacles that they face along the way. That's so beautiful. I have a question and I, yeah. I remember you had a podcast a while back and then yes. now you've relaunched it. What's the new, what's the name of your. So yeah, now it's called the infertility sisterhood podcast and it is, we talk all things infertility. Um, and yeah, it's just my way to pour into that community and help bring clarity to the obstacles that they are facing. I love that. And I remember listening to your episodes on your journey. So if you want to hear Megan's journey more in detail and in depth, go subscribe to her podcast, go listen to it. It's amazing. She's so generous with her story and everything that she's learned on this journey. I remember learning uh, about how the, obviously the first experience was traumatic because it ended right. negatively. And, um, do you feel like there was stuff you were told in that first round or in that first go that like later on at the second clinic, uh, you were kind of like, Oh wait, this is sounds different or this is. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that is why I think it's so important to ask questions on the front end and to be your own advocate really in any circumstance, like do the education. I didn't the first time around. I just went in with the mindset of I'm going to trust my doctor and he came recommended for my OB and I shouldn't have, I should have done the research on the front end. I should have educated myself. I should have gone in knowing more than I did. Um, because the first round was so mishandled and in the same phone call that my doctor told me I wasn't pregnant from our IVF cycle, he also told me that I was going to need donor eggs to be able to have children. And that ended up not being the case. I mean, two years later, which I should have had even less eggs and worse quality, I got more eggs and better quality. And I mean, our children are biologically mine and my husband's. And um, so, yeah, I do think it matters who you use for your doctor and, and even in business too, like it matters who you work with. And I think do the research on the front end, because unfortunately there are a lot of people out there who um, don't actually, or aren't always the best and at what they do and can take business when they shouldn't. So yeah, I, I think it's, it was a hard lesson learned for us, um, that we need to be careful who we work with. Yeah. Oh, that's a true story. True story. Um, I think this is so interesting cause I do have friends that are in that journey, you know, and right. I think it is easy to trust the doctor, you know, um, right. when you're going through this, especially when they're telling you stuff and you're like, well, why would they be lying to me? Or, you know, why would, they, you know, you just want to trust them because right. you were raised to trust medical professionals, you know, I'm right. not trying to hate on the medical professional space. Um, you know, they're the miracle workers and, and it's, it all works together. I think it's just so important. Like Megan said, to, to find the people who have seen the best success right, um, and, and pursue that, you know, um, to have the best experience possible. What do you wish you could have said to yourself at the beginning of this journey? That I, I wish I would have just trusted more that his plan is best and that there was purpose in all of this pain. I mean, I knew that deep down in my heart, but there were a lot of times that it was hard to lean into that and fully embrace it. It just felt like a whole lot of like, heartache and pain and hard stuff. It's like, when are we going to catch a break? And when will there be fruit and beauty from this? Um, but also just all like all the things that we just talked about that, like, it's important to be your own advocate. It's important to know what you're talking about. It's like, yes, we can and should listen to medical professionals, but also second opinions are very important. And I think especially when you're pursuing anything that involves a large sum of money, you should get a second opinion. And um, it you got to take the feelings for your doctor out of it and the emotional side out of it. Um, because you can go to 10 different business coaches or 10 different doctors or whatever and get 10 different opinions. So there isn't a one size fits all approach to infertility, um, or business. And so 
um, I think that matters. And I wish I would have done that the first time I would have saved myself a whole lot of heartache and money and time. Um, but I'm also thankful for that journey because I now have become a huge advocate for women to not go through the same thing that I went through. Yeah. It all had amazing purpose. So tell us a little bit as we wrap up, tell us about your book and like the dream of writing a book and, and what's kind of, what will readers find inside of it? Yeah. So that was a huge dream of mine uh, was to write a book, but never in a million years did I think it would happen now. Um, (laughs) I, God, you know, totally just brought this opportunity to me. I did not pursue it. It's not my story of, um, getting a book deal is not the normal story. Um, they, Harper Collins reached out to me and, um, one of the publishers followed me on Instagram and just was like, I think this would make a powerful book. And I was like, wait, I think you might have the wrong person. (laughs) Um, but, I, it was one of those opportunities that, um, was, was brought my way and it was so easy to get caught up in like, wow, this is so cool. Um, I have to say yes, but at the same time also like I struggled with saying yes to it because I had a year and a half old twins and I was trying to get my business back on its feet after closing for a year. And Um, I'm also a coach's wife. And so my husband works a lot and we don't have family close by. And so we have no help with our kids. And um, I'm like, how how am I going to find time to write a book on top of everything else that I'm doing? And so it was really hard. Um, It was an easy yes, but it was also a hard yes. So I think that, I mean, I said yes, obviously, and found time, made time to give that my all. Um, and it's been cool to see God do with it what he intended for this book, because even in launching it, I have been so consumed with all the different things that I have not been able to give, you know, I mean, we talked before pressing record, like launching things is hard and, um, it's different than it was even three years ago or even a year ago. And so, Mm I've just really had to surrender the launch of my book. It's so easy to get caught up in the numbers and seeing what everyone else is doing and just having to know like, okay, my first ministry is my family. And I also have a business that I run and a team that I'm committed to. And I cannot drop the ball on either of those things to launch a book. And so I have to trust that God called me to this. He led this, he led me to this and he is going to get this book in the hand. I'm going to do whatever I need to do and have to do to make this happen. But also I have to trust and surrender that book sales are in his hands. Um, and he's going to bring the right readers to this book, but yeah, it's called give grace, how to embrace the beauty of life's brokenness. So it is all about finding joy in the hard things and how to overcome. We all face hard things in life, big or small, every single day. I mean, it doesn't have to be the heavy hitting things like infertility or illness or um, you know, the loss of a dream. It can be something small as, you know, I'm just having a hard day and I need to overcome that. So 
my book is going to meet you in that space of like, I am facing a giant right now and I don't know how to get to the other side. Um, and it's just going to encourage your heart and lift you up and make you feel equipped to slay the giant that stands before you. That's so good. Wow. And I heard you say overcome in there. So tell us a little bit about the overcome journal. Yeah. So this is a project that you have helped me bring to life. Talk about bringing in the people that you need um, that have just gone before you. I think there's so much value in that. Um, So yeah, I had this vision for a practical tool for that woman who is facing a giant um, and doesn't know how to work through it and get to the other side. Um, so it's called the overcome journal for, and it is intended for slaying that giant and overcoming. It is based on John sixteen thirty three, the promise that in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so I think it's easy to look side to side, especially in this social media generation and think, um, life should be easy, but that is not biblical. We are promised trials in this life and we have to figure out how to overcome them. What, and I don't mean just get what we want or get the answered prayer that we want. I, I mean like overcome your circumstances so that they don't overcome you, um, emotionally, physically, spiritually, And I think that means like rolling up your sleeves and doing the work to make sure your heart is in the right place and that you are at the end of the day, pursuing the Lord first and foremost, and that that relationship is solid. Um, And, and just holding on to hope that even if our circumstances don't change on this side of heaven, he has already overcome the world. So we have the promise that on the other side of eternity, we will have overcome this, whatever this is, because God already overcame the world. So yeah, it is a practical 26 week journal that's going to um, help you get from point A to point B. And that is walking in freedom and finding peace in the middle of whatever you're facing. I love that. That's so good. And yes, I had so much fun um, giving you a little bit of tips and tricks on printing and her, yes. and it turned out beautifully. You're I'm so happy alive. with how it turned out. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, tell the listeners where they can connect with you. Yeah. The best places would be my personal website. Megansmalley.com is kind of like a home for the links to all the things, or you can find me at scarletandgoldshop.com. Um, the infertility sisterhood, if you are walking that road or have a friend walking that road, that's a great resource for you. Um, or on Instagram, I'm at Megan Smalley and all the links are in my bio there. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Perfect. I'll have all the links, um, linked up in the show notes as well. I just want to say thank you so much for pouring into us today and sharing a little bit of your story. I'm so excited for you and the new book. I cannot wait to get it in my hands. Thanks, friend. It's been an honor to be here. Thanks for listening to the Dream Planning Podcast. I hope that this episode has blessed you in some way. If it did, 
please take 30 seconds to leave a quick review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I love seeing your feedback and I read every single one. Also, if you want to help spread the word about this podcast and this ministry, please share a screenshot to your social media, either your Instagram or your Facebook, and tag me in it, tag Horatio Printing, and I would love to just connect with you on a deeper level. Now, before you go, I just want to make sure that you know you are invited to join the Horatio Printing Academy. And if you've been feeling stuck or stagnant in your ability to dream, or maybe you've been feeling unqualified to really put yourself out there and dream those big dreams and pursue the things that make you happy, I wanna help you through the Dream Crafting course. And I have a gift for you. You can use the code DREAM50, that's DREAM50, to get $50 off the Dream Crafting course. Now the doors are opening May 14th, and I cannot wait to welcome you into the Academy Every single member of the Academy gets access to our student community, which is a private Facebook group filled with dreamers encouraging each other on this journey together as we discover our purpose and really conquer limiting fears, the fear of judgment, the fear of failure, and any limiting beliefs that are holding us back from our dreams. I cannot wait to see you in there and you also get access to our live monthly support sessions. So if you wanna take your dreams to the next level, do not wait. Go over to thedreamerinyou.com. Use that code. And as I said before, the doors open May 14th, and I cannot wait to see you there. And I truly believe the best is yet to come.